This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, Buck fans, it was a tough Monday night. A Monday night that had a wide-ranging swing of emotions, so much hype in and around the game. And unfortunately, the Pittsburgh Steelers hand the Buccaneers a 30-27 defeat. Welcome in. Glad that you're with us. I think we are somewhat awake, somewhat coherent after Monday night football, a night, by the way, in which the great Tony Dungy, Hall of Famer Tony Dungy, went into the Bucks' ring of honor, the, the architect of turning the Buccaneers around from so many years of losing into a winning, contending team in the late 90s and the early 2000s. It was great to see Tony and his family last night. Of course, he was originally drafted by the Steelers, former Steelers defensive coordinator. It's only fitting he was out there as part of a Steeler-Buccaneer game that will be remembered for a while for a lot of different reasons. A lot of big plays, uh, a lot of a lot of fans uh, from the Steelers that were in the stands, a lot of Buccaneer fans giving it right back to them. Some great back-and-forth action. Ryan Fitzpatrick struggling in the second quarter, but then Fitzmagic coming alive in the second half of the game. And then it unfortunately comes up three points short for the Bucs in a comeback attempt. Buccaneers had the ball with over, speaking of threes, with over three minutes to go, with a chance to drive and tie the game with a field goal or maybe win the game with a touchdown. Credit Pittsburgh for making enough plays at the end of this one on Monday evening. They're able to get the ball back. They're able to run the clock out. And the Steelers got their first win of the year. So here's what we do on Nothing But Bucks. Because we give you the opportunity uh, here from Buccaneers.com, the Buccaneers mobile app, and however you found us. And subscribe, by the way, in iTunes, uh, Google Play, etc. This podcast will automatically come to you if you subscribe as soon as it's completed, usually about midday after the game. You'll get this podcast automatically, so subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, look for it again on the Buccaneers mobile app as we come your way after each and every Buccaneer game on Nothing But Bucks. Rate this podcast, promote it, share it on social media, etc., and more fans will become aware of it. I can't tell you how many people have contacted me over the last two weeks and said, love the podcast. In fact, a bunch of people last week loved the podcast, didn't know about it yet. Spread the word, Buck fans. And again, for those of you that are hearing this, subscribe. Go to iTunes, create your account. It'll take a couple of minutes. Subscribe to Nothing But Bucks. It comes to you automatically on your phone, on your iPad. So there's the promotional announcement. Uh, So let me set the table. We're going to talk some about the game. I'm going to talk some about the game. You're going to hear highlights, and there were highlights galore. Again, a valiant effort by our Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this matchup because at 30-10 to 10 at halftime last night, as good as Pittsburgh is, and Roethlisberger's a Hall of Famer, and Antonio Brown is going to be a Hall of Famer, and Mike Tomlin, do you realize, Gene Deckerhoff was mentioning this on Buccaneers Radio last night, second most win wins among active coaches right now in the NFL. Bill Belichick is one, Mike Tomlin is two. So obviously the Steelers do a lot of things right, and it was going to be a difficult challenge anyway on Monday Night Football. So credit them, but also credit the Bucs for not being blown away down 30-10 to 10 at halftime uh, and not end up being beaten by three or four touchdowns in this game. A great comeback, a little bit of Fitz magic, as I said a little bit earlier, sprinkled in there for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, who uh, continues to amaze with the passing stats. Another 400-yard game. You're going to hear some highlights of some interceptions, but you're also going to hear some highlights of some big plays coming up in a couple of moments. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the first quarterback in the history of the NFL. Let me say it again. Ever, anybody 
to throw for 400 yards in three consecutive games. Now look, the NFL has become a passing league over the last 15, 20 years. It is much different than what the 70s and the 80s were, especially which were run, 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 run all the time with running backs. I get that. But still, when you think about the great passers of the last 30, 35 years of the NFL, Marino, Favre, Peyton Manning, Breeze, Montana, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers now, on and on, uh, all the quarterbacks. No one has thrown for 400 yards passing in three consecutive games at any point in the history of the NFL. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has done that, and he almost was able to bring the Bucks back in doing that last night. All right, we're going to hear from Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit later on on Nothing But Bucks. Head coach Dirk Cutter as well. Levante David, star linebacker. Cameron Brake, good to see him in the end zone again last night. One of the best Buccaneer weapons. Let me say this up front. I know it's a Buccaneers podcast. I know it's Nothing But Bucks. Uh, if there is a better core of receivers, and I'm including tight ends in that with O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait, show them to me. Show me a team that goes six deep with the receivers like the Buccaneers do right now. They are scary good, and it's one of the big reasons why Fitzpatrick is having that kind of success throwing the ball uh, through these first three games of the season. Evans, Jackson, Godwin, Humphreys, Howard, Brait, good gracious, watching the Buccaneers air it out week in and week out. All right, so speaking of all of it, it is time uh, to get to the highlights, and there were plenty of them in last night's affair. A, an electric crowd Monday night again, uh, packed stands, Tony Dungy being honored at halftime of the game. Buccaneers got an early turnover here in this one against Ben Roethlisberger. You were looking for takeaways. Here was one early. First down of the 48, dropping Roethlisberger. Good protection, drops back to the under pressure. He is, gets out of the pocket, throws upfield. It's intercepted. Picked off by the Buccaneers. Justin Evans, was he as he was? It's a takeaway by the Buccaneers. Evans with a tremendous effort to pick off the pass. Johnny on the spot, second-year man, Justin Evans with the pick. And the Buccaneers able to squelch the Steelers at that point and then put together a drive where Ryan Fitzpatrick Got a quick completion. Peyton Barber got a nice run. You're inside the five-yard line. And then from the four-yard line, goal line defense. Play action fake rolling is Fitzpatrick. Looking Fitzpatrick with those on the line. Todd ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Cameron Great makes his first catch of the season. It's a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the cannon. As I said a couple minutes ago, good to have Cameron Brait back. Good to have him back in the end zone. Buccaneers led 7-0 in this one. You knew the Steelers were going to make plays, and, and this was obviously a big momentum swinger right after the touchdown. Here is Big Ben going down to the field, down the field to a tight end who ends up making a play after the catch. The snap, pressure coming. Rothenberger throws a pass. Caught ball. Tight end's got it to the 40. Out of bounds. Still in bounds at the 45 to the 40. Nobody's going to get him. Missed tackle at midfield. And Vance McDonald has gotten the first touchdown of the game for the Steelers. He just ran right over a Buccaneer defender. Chris Conte could not bring him down. And credit Vance McDonald on the stiff arm. Although, isn't it supposed to be a point of emphasis that you don't contact a player in his helmet, even if you're an offensive player? McDonald got away with that twice on Chris Conti. And look, I know there's criticism right now out there uh, of Conti and uh, and his play. Conti was playing on a bad knee last night. I was trying to give it a go. He is a gamer. He is a pro. 
He knows the Buccaneers' secondary is banged up. It's young. He was trying to play. He was he was one-on-one down the field trying to make a play and then eventually just could not go after that. Uh, so, again, give the Steelers credit. They then missed the extra point. That's one of the few things they did wrong for the rest of the first half as Chris Boswell missed the extra point. But then things really began to shift, and the Buccaneers began to do something they had not done. Chris Godwin with a fumble uh, deep in Buccaneer territory. That helps uh, Pittsburgh change the field around quickly, and then Roethlisberger finds Antonio Brown on this play. Here's the snap. Pass to the right. Caught by Antonio Brown. Brown made he missed to the 20. Brown to the 15. Touchdown, Pittsburgh Steelers. Brent Grimes missed the tackle when he made the catch, and that was all it took. For Antonio Brown, he won't be tweeting tonight, will he? Boy, you just, you knew the Steelers were chomping to make plays, and Roethlisberger hitting Brown there makes the game 16-7. to and, and the snowball effect was going on. I mean, the Bucks got a good drive going, but the ball gets deflected on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it gets intercepted in the red zone, and the Steelers got a break on that. A, a, a nice play by Bostic coming off the end to bat the ball in the air. But they get the interception. The Bucs get no points. The Antonio Brown play happens. And then with Fitzpatrick backed up, this is what he had not been doing. And I know his arm got hit a little bit, but you're in your own end zone. It's not the worst thing in the world to run a couple of plays, and then if you have to punt and try to change the field position, then do it. But unfortunately, this happened. Rodgers about seven yards deep. Here's the snap. Play action fake. Ryan drops back, looks, dumps it over the middle. It's intercepted to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Pittsburgh Steelers. Goodness, that's why you don't throw from your own goal line. Interception by linebacker Bud Dupree. And the Steelers are putting on a show tonight. Yeah, just a tough situation as Bud Dupree picks that one off. It's 23-7. The Bucs were reeling at that point. A four-turnover for a second quarter. A four-turnover first half, but all of them in the second quarter. Again, the Buccaneers had not been turning the ball over, but there it was, and it was ugly in the second period of play. Pittsburgh would later get a touchdown to Ryan Switzer on a lengthy drive in the final minute of the half. It's 30-10 to 10 at halftime. Uh, you, you just you, you were really feeling uh, that the Buccaneers had pressed some in that second quarter, and Pittsburgh made them pay, especially with the turnovers. I mean, how hard is it to win a game when you turn it over twice? I mean, it's almost impossible to try to overcome four turnovers, but that's what the second half is for. And the Buccaneers came out in the second half, put a drive together, got a Chandler Canton zero field goal, got within 30 to 13, kept battling. Defense kept getting after Ben Roethlisberger, including right here. Here's the snap to Roethlisberger. Pumps, fakes, gets the, oh, he's hit by the arm. He'll go down, he's sacked. Fumble, Fumble football, diving onto the Buccaneers. Who comes up with it? Well, it looked like the Bucks may have gotten there first, but they're saying it's Pittsburgh ball. So, yeah, Sack couldn't quite get the fumble, but they're able to get the stop. Steelers end up missing a field goal. And then the Buccaneers put a drive together in the fourth quarter of this game. Fitzmagic was back. He was making some completions to O.J. Howard. Got another one to Mike Evans. And then this moment in the red zone. Bucks await the snap. Here it is. Delay blitz coming. Fitzpatrick dropping, dropping. Goes toward the end zone. It's caught ball. Caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Buccaneers. Chris Godwin's got a touchdown. 12 plays, 63 yards. Still 11 minutes left on the clock. A 30-20 game. Buccaneers with all their timeouts left. Plenty of time to go. Bucks get the ball back. Bucks go on a 92-yard drive now. And again, Fitzpatrick making plays. Uh, in the pass game and eventually 
finds Mike Evans in a in a real historic moment. Here is the snap. Here comes a stunt. And it's picked up. Here's a pass. Left corner of the end zone. Hurt Mike Evans. He makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Buccaneers. The Buccaneers get six. Need one more to make it a three-point ball. Game. Fire the cannons. Mike Evans is the new record holder for the Bucs in touchdown grabs as a receiver. There it is. The all-time record for touchdowns in a Buccaneer career receiving. Mike Evans has it already with 35 passing Jimmy Giles. Also his 15th career 100-yard game already. Monstrous start to the season for number 13, Mike Evans. And, and at this point, look, I'm down there on the sideline on Buccaneers Radio with Gene and Dave on all of these calls. And you could sense there's five minutes to go in a game. The Bucs have all their timeouts. They have Uncle Mo. They've shut the Steelers out. And eventually, they force the Steelers to punt the football. And when that happened, gang, I am here to testify that you only need a field goal to tie. And the way Fitzpatrick was playing, I had every confidence you're going to be able to go get first downs, get at least in the field goal range, if not get a touchdown. Again, credit the Steelers. Their defense continued to blitz uh, from odd angles with the 3-4 defense, trying to fool the Buccaneers with protection. Uh, Roethlisberger uh, was good enough at times in the second half to keep for the field position, but unfortunately, uh, Fitzpatrick couldn't rise to the occasion on that last drive. I know uh, he had an opportunity to Cameron Bray trying to fit the ball in between two defenders, would have converted a first down on a third and long, didn't happen. And I thought, look, Dirk Cutter, uh, what do I know? Dirk Cutter made the right decision. You've got all your timeouts, you've got the two-minute warning, you punt the football. It's fourth and ten, because you're almost giving away three points if you don't make it on fourth and long in your own territory, taking your timeouts or not, then you can't tie the game with a field goal. He's thinking, boom the punt, which the Bucks did, stop them, and then you have the same opportunity with probably two minutes left or a minute and a half left, and maybe even a timeout left to go get the field goal again anyway. So I agreed with that decision. It just unfortunately was Roethlisberger, again, avoiding sacks. They ran the ball with James Conner to get out of their own end. Roethlisberger avoided a sack on a second down. And in the end, Pittsburgh was able to get two first downs, burn the Bucks' timeouts, kneel on the ball, and the game ends 30-27. to The Steelers get their first win of the year. So, again, I, I saw the body language and the expressions from the Buccaneers. They played their guts out last night. The effort was there. The comeback was there. Again, it's it's worth emphasizing that it was negative, negative, negative in that second quarter. And this could have been a blowout, as good as Pittsburgh is. The Bucs did a lot of things right in the second half to get back in the game and had chances. I've talked to so many fans now in the last 12 to 16 hours after the game is over with that, that have said to me uh, in text, in phone call, in communication on social media, that it, this team said a lot in a loss in that second half, battling back, showed some heart. Ryan Fitzpatrick with those 35-year-old legs and arm making some things happen, those receivers making some things happen. Gracious. Uh, again, credit uh, where it is due for the Steelers, but the Bucks also did a lot of things well in this game, that's for sure. All right, so let's take a look at some of the final numbers. As I mentioned, Fitzpatrick goes over 400 yards in this game, the only quarterback now in the history of the NFL, 400 or more yards passing in three consecutive games. It's the first three games of the 2018 season. Just an incredible start. Uh, And again, uh, you can't do this, but you look at his 12-quarter body of work, there's one bad quarter, the second quarter Monday night. Other than that, he has played fairly flawless football 
at, at as high a level again as anybody has played for the first three games of a season. 30 of 50, 411, three touchdowns, three interceptions officially for Fitzpatrick. Evan, six catches, 137 yards, a 23-yard per catch average, and another touchdown. O.J. Howard, six catches, 72 yards. Chris Godwin had a tough night. He had the fumble. He had another drop uh, of a ball that he could have caught in the back of the end zone earlier in the first half of the game. He hung with it. He got a touchdown, five catches, 74 yards. Uh, He averaged 15 yards a catch. That young man is a player as well. If you have a criticism right now of the Buck offense, is not enough productivity out of the run game. Peyton Barber was pretty good early with some runs, but only eight carries, 33 yards, and you're going to hear from the head coach here coming up a little bit about trying to get the run game going. Jacquez Rogers carried the ball a couple of times for minus one yard. Some of that's field position. Some of it is you're playing from behind at 30-10, to 10, but only 10 rushing attempts for the game. Probably not as much. Roethlisberger throws for 353 and the three touchdowns in the game. Juju Smith-Schuster had nine catches, 116. Uh, Antonio Brown, six catches, but only the 50 yards. And the Steelers, in the end, with all those takeaways, the four takeaways of the second quarter, get the victory in this one, 30-27. So let's go inside the locker room as we talked to these guys last evening. First up, quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick trying to rally the Bucks at the end, unable to do so. I had the chance to speak with him on Buccaneers Radio when it was done. How did this team fight on and get back in the football game as you did in the second half? Yeah, I mean, we dug ourselves a big hole, and that was that's tough. Turning the ball over four times, the three interceptions we can't have, the interception for the touchdown we can't have. But it's just a feeling in that huddle of belief. You know, when, no matter what the score is, we know we've got the playmakers. We we know we got the guys that can light up the scoreboard, and so we had great belief. And you know, for our defense to fight all second half and give us an opportunity there at the end with the ball, with over two minutes left, down three. You know, that's a game that offensively we've got to be able to take it down and score. Uh, give me a couple of assessments. Uh, you drove down in the fourth quarter and got the ball in the end zone twice. One of those to Chris Godwin, where you got the but you put it up in the air and he went and got it. Just describe what you saw on that play. Yeah, Chris is a playmaker, so I uh, just wanted to give him a chance on that play. You know, he's a guy that can play above the rim, so to say, and uh, you know, he did a great job all day, just out there competing. I mean, he's he's a fighter and uh, he's a fun guy to have in the huddle because huddle because of that fight. Mike Evans sets a Buccaneer career uh, reception for touchdown record with his 35th. He also has a 15th 100-yard game. Say something about the way he played. Yeah, again, Mike Mike is such a tough competitor. You know, a guy that, uh, you know, I love playing with. And, uh, you know, we had a chance there at the end. He got by he got by the corner on the right and just underthrew him a little bit. That would that would have been a backbreaker, I think, for them. And uh, But he's always going to stay he's always going to stay with the QB. You know, he's a QB's best friend and that he's a playmaker and he's always got your back. You know, and that's something I love. Pardon me. And one more, it's now a short week. You got to put this behind you as quickly as you can, right? On a short week. Yeah, we got to, we got to, you know, put it to bed just like we enjoyed those wins the last two weeks. And we got to get better from this. We got to look at, you know, what went wrong and why and how we can improve. And then we'll put it to bed and get ready for Chicago. Ryan, thank you. Thanks. Again, Fitz Magic for three games with all of them over 400 yards passing. He'd gladly trade those stats for a win to be 3-0. Didn't happen last night for the 14-year veteran. Uh, let's move on and stay with the offense. Good to see Cameron Braid, as I keep saying, making some plays. He had three catches for 34 yards on Monday night and a first-quarter touchdown. Here's the Bucks' tight end. Let's begin 
with the comeback first. How did you guys get back in the game, especially in the fourth quarter? Um, I thought up front we we started to do a better job controlling last scrimmage, um, offensively and defensively. A um, couple, couple guys made some really really big plays for us. Um, just little little too little, little too late, you know. Um, uh, can't put ourselves in such a big hole there in the first half. We made it pretty hard to come back. Is this one of those where you're going to go back to that second quarter and it's going to be difficult to watch because you had four turnovers in one quarter and just dug too big of a hole? Does it come down to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I thought everyone did a really good job competing, um, giving ourselves a chance there at the end. Um, just came up a couple of plays too short. Um, but you can't, you can't turn the ball over four times in, in one quarter and realistically have a chance to win the game. Um, but, I mean, it's just a testament to the guys in this locker room that we were able to come back, uh, you know, give ourselves a shot. Um, you know, some guys really, I thought, did an outstanding job competing. Um, and, you know, that's what it's about, giving yourself a chance at the end. Most games are going to come down to the last two minutes and uh, just didn't make enough plays there at the end. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I know he struggled in the second quarter, but he just became the first quarterback in the history of the NFL to open a season, in fact, any three games in a row to throw for 400 yards. As the game went on, what's being said in the huddle? What what composure was he showing? Just give us some insight, if you would. I think, as an offense, we all really, really believe in one another. And, um, you know, those turnovers aren't all on Ryan. Um, it's a couple, couple lapses in protection, uh, a couple misassignments, it seemed like. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a great quarterback. He's a great leader. And, uh, he, you know, some of those throws there he made in the second half were awesome. And uh, he was just keeping everyone up, you know, saying, like, hey, you know, you never know. Get the ball back. We'll have a chance to score again. And uh, kept happening there at the end. Just, like I said, came up short. Yeah, did too many things to beat themselves in that second quarter, that's for sure. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, Levante David, nine tackles on Monday Night Football against the Steelers. Eight of those were solo tackles, three tackles for loss. They were able to get stops in the second half, and the Buccaneers Pro Bowl linebacker talked with me about all of that. Well, this was a battle. I've asked the same thing of Cameron Brait and Ryan Fitzpatrick, what does it say for the character of this team to fight back down 30-10 to 10 at the half and be in position to possibly win this game? We already knew we had character. We got the guys in it, in this game to, to come back and win games, but we shouldn't put ourselves in those situations that we was in. I mean, shot ourselves in the foot early, small details that we had to fix as, as a group, as a team, and uh, we just don't learn from it. You know, uh, we're going to get better from it, and then we're going to try to improve next week. You know, it's, it's one of those cases where you had turnovers, yes, and the Steelers obviously took advantage of those turnovers. What was the talk at halftime, if anything needed to be said? Was anything being said about a whole half still to play, Levante? whole half still to play. Everything we always preach. You know, we, we got the guys in this locker room, man. We got the leadership in this locker room from top down to, you know, refocus and get back and put ourselves back in the football game and play the game that we know how to play. And that's what we did second half. You know, um... You know, um, coach didn't come. He came, didn't come in. He didn't say much. Nobody didn't say much. Came in. Hey, let's, we all ready to play football. Let's go. We ready to go play football, man. We had to put our chest, put ourselves in just situation to win the football game, but we just fell short. Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Fame quarterback. You were out there on the field with him. It's the second time in your career you've been out there. Just say something about the way he played and battling against that guy. I mean, you know, um, tough guy, man. Tough guy. Always gonna battle as long as he playing. You know. Uh, big guy as you see hard to bring down you know so um you know he's gonna battle he's gonna battle and uh we knew he was gonna battle so uh we uh came out there and uh they they just executed man he played his tail off i mean he's future hall of famer so uh you know nothing short of you know uh settling from him tonight
You guys knew this. One more and I'll let you go. You knew this all along. Monday night football followed by a short week and then a road game. As a veteran player, what has to be done over the next couple of days to get ready for Chicago? We are professionals. We are professionals. You know, we just got to get our bodies back right. You know, uh, put this game behind us tomorrow and then uh, move on to Chicago. You know, like you said, a short week. We got to put this game behind us real quick. Now get ready for a Chicago team who's real hot right now. Levante, thank you. Thank you. Again, all of these interviews from Buccaneers Radio and part of our exclusive coverage on Nothing But Bucks and the Buccaneers podcast and on the mobile app. A good reminder again, subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Google Play. The podcast comes directly to you instantly as soon as there is a new one. It dings there on the phone, on the iPad, when there's a new Nothing But Bucks after these games are over with. And we're going through the post-game interviews and conversation in the locker room after the Monday night defeat at the hands of the Steelers, 30-27. First loss of the year for the Bucks. Carlton Davis is a uh, is a young man that has already wowed a lot of playing time for him. Second round pick, defensive back out of Auburn. He was out there making some plays, a couple of big hits in this game. Here was Carlton Davis with me as, as part of the post-game coverage, the Hooters post-game show on Buccaneers Radio late Monday. One of the rookie defensive backs is here with me. Thank you for waiting for me because I know you've already been talking to the media. This was a battle. How did this team hang in and get back in the game, Carlton? Uh, we just um, it's just the kind of team we are. We're going to fight to the end every time, uh, every game we go out there, we give it our all. Uh, despite what the outcome is, you know, you can expect this team to come out and fight to the end. So that's something that we're kind of used to doing, and that's something that we've been doing since camp. So The Steelers obviously took advantage of turnovers and had the lead at halftime. You shut them out as a defense in the second half. What were you doing better against Big Ben, against the run game, for a lot of it? Just executing you know, going out there, playing our game, and, uh, you know, trying to get the ball back to our offense. That was an urgency on our side of the ball, and it's something that uh, we should have did, you know, earlier in the game. You know, there's obviously, you're new uh, at this. There's obviously a little bit of a wow factor when you're playing against a Drew Brees or uh, in last week's case uh, as well when you're going against the champion Eagles. You're out there against Ben Roethlisberger uh, of the Steelers. What's it like to go against him, to go against Antonio Brown, guys that you've watched for years, you're on the field with them. What was that like tonight? Uh, it's definitely uh, a moment that you kind of sit back and say, dang, I'm really going against, you know, these Hall of Famers and these, these uh, you know, these good guys. But um, ultimately, it's never about your opponent. It's always about you, and it's always about what you bring to the table. And, uh, you know, as far as your technique, assignment, and, you know, just doing what you have to do and not worrying about what they have. Okay, one more, and there's some of them within earshot of you. There are a lot of young guys in this secondary. Because of injuries, there were several rookies having to play at the same time again tonight. What is being said over on the sideline as this game's going on the last couple of weeks where you guys – are, are fairly new with this, and you're out there seeing significant playing time. Carlton, was anything having to be said amongst you guys? Uh, no, sir. I think uh, us rookies do a good job of coming in and, uh, you know, acting like pros and not being, not treating ourselves as rookies. You know, we want to come in and we want to be uh, a vet because that's what you have to do. There is no rookie and, and veteran on the field. It's just, you know, players. So I think we come in and we, uh, we try to execute just as the other veterans do. And as we talked about with him, you've got fellow rookie MJ Stewart, second-round pick. You've got Jordan Whitehead, the rookie safety out of Pitt. Justin Evans is only a second-year player that's out there. Uh, how about Isaiah Johnson crashed into the wall in the first half, into the padding in that north end zone wall, injured his shoulder. He was back out there hitting and trying to make some plays. 
Uh, Ryan Smith, another young player. Yes, it was good to have the veteran Brent Grimes back out there, but the Bucks were playing with a lot of young defensive backs. JV and Elliott uh, out there as well as a guy that has played for the last three or four years uh, for the Bucks. But a lot of young guys in that secondary that uh, that are playing tough, that are battling and doing what they can for this Buccaneer team. And then the head coach Dirk Cutter was with me well after this one was over with. Uh, again, the Buccaneers trailed big at the half. We began right there with the head coach about the comeback. Well, we stopped beating ourselves. I mean, we just we just dug ourselves too deep of a hole in the first half with uh, turnovers um, and missed assignments, things things that we haven't been doing to beat to beat ourselves, uh, self inflicted errors and you know against a team like Steelers you just can't do that. Ryan Fitzpatrick I know he had a struggle in the second quarter he regrouped in the second half what again sparked this team what was he able to get going in the second half? We protected him better I know that's uh, that's the main thing is uh, you know we we had some protection issues in the first half and I think most any quarterback out there when you're not getting protected and and you're you get out of your rhythm you're your percentages go down. I mean, your accuracy goes down, and um, you know we just we made some mistakes that ended up in turnovers, and we haven't had that. Mike Evans ends up with his 15th career 100-yard game. He also sets the Buccaneer franchise career record for touchdown catches. Just say something about the way he's played, not just tonight, but all season to this point. Yeah, Mike's Mike's a terrific player. I mean, you know there was there was just a lot of fine wide receiver play on that field tonight for both teams, and. Uh, you know, Mike Evans can compete with any receiver in this league, and he, he's playing hard, he's competing, he's, he's finding the ball, and, uh, you know, it's, it's great that he got the record. I'm sure he'd, I'm sure he'd give that away to, to get the win, though. Defensively, I know Roethlisberger had success. Some of that was the turnovers in the short field a couple times, but in the second half, you shut them out. What were you doing better defensively against Roethlisberger and their offense? Well, I think we did a good job of pressuring him in his face and made it a little bit hard for him to see. I thought our coverage, you know, for the most part was pretty good. I thought uh, rookie corner Carlton Davis really had a had a solid game. Uh, I thought our, our two inside linebackers, Quan and Levante, you know, played well. And, uh, you know, if you would if you would have told me going in that we were going to hold Antonio Brown six catches, 50 yards, I would have said we would have had a good chance to win. Late in the game, you punted deep in your own territory. You had timeouts left. There's a key moment on a second down where they're trying to throw the ball and you got hands on Roethlisberger. Do you just at, at some point say that's a Hall of Fame player that is able to get away and make a play for his team? Well, that's that's exactly what happened is he made a play. I mean, you know, we had a fourth and ten. We had two timeouts left, two, two minutes and 40 seconds or whatever on the clock. It's it's a gamble either way. Do you go for it? If you don't, you know, fourth and ten, you're probably twenty percent chance you're going to make the first down. You're going to give them the ball on the ten yard line or punt it with two timeouts plus the two minute. Our defense had been playing very well. Uh, you know, we took the chance, and you know, he made the nice play on the scramble, and then we we just didn't fit the run very well a couple times right there at the very end. So give the, give the Steelers credit, but uh, you know, we're going to be back. I mean, I'm proud of the way these guys competed, and uh, we'll be back. Coach, thank you. All right. Two and one is the Bucks record after it's all said and done as the Pittsburgh Steelers come in and get the win on Monday Night Football. Again, uh, as, as much as you want to shake your head at what the Bucks were not able to do and shoot themselves in the foot with four turnovers in the second quarter, to overcome that and have chances in the second half. And, and look, the Deshaun Jackson play on the punt return, electrifying moment at Raymond James Stadium. How fast is that guy? I mean, that was like Usain Bolt 
kids. They, they set up the wall on the right side of the punt return formation on the Steelers' sideline, and that was like, fired the pistol starter, and my man is going to run the 100 in like 10 flat. It was scary. Uh, the flag, I, I've seen one clip. You, you've got the holding call there. You know Sometimes they call those. Sometimes they miss those. He, Isaiah Johnson, to mention that name again, has got a hold of a Steeler there. It's just a shame that an 83-yard punt return in that moment a huge momentum moment has to come back, but it just shows you what kind of firepower this Buccaneer team has, especially at the receiver position and being able to make returns, etc. So, uh, again, uh, Bucks come up just short. Great comeback, 17-point second-half comeback. Had the ball down by three with chances to make it happen. It did not work out. So in the end, there's going to be a lot of conversation about the turnovers and the mistakes. We know this. Your your next two games, surrounded by the bye week, are at Chicago, who's been very good defensively, and at Atlanta, who's going to be hungry for an NFC South win. You can't go on the road and turn the football over. I I am not Nostradamus. I am not the psychic hotline. uh, But you're not going to be able to go to Soldier Field and Mercedes-Benz Stadium and turn the ball over and win. You've got to take care of the rock. Can't fumble it, can't throw interceptions, can't give short fields, quick momentum swings to the other team. Let's see if that improves for this week. There is going to be a lot of debate. Jameis Winston now reinstated off the suspension, and at the time we're taping nothing but bucks here. We don't know what's going to happen with him coming back in. What kind of shape is he in? What kind of rhythm is he in? Would he be able to play Sunday? Again, head coach Dirk Cutter uh, said to the media after this game, I got to see him face to face. I got to talk to him. I got to see him. We get him back in the building. And then that's a question for later on in this week as to whether or not he may see some action in Chicago. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to remain the starter? Jameis Winston is there to back him up? We don't know. I don't have any insight into that, and I don't think the Bucks have fully decided until they have those conversations over the next two or three days, and they have to see Jameis back in the fold because, again, he's been away from everything. Just so you understand, he's not been allowed in the building to watch game tape, can't work out in the weight room, can't have any contact with the team. He has not, for the better part of about 22 days now, been able to be in and around his teammates and the team. He's now back. And let's see how that part unfolds with Fitzpatrick, the veteran, and Jameis Winston in what is a critical year, the final year of his rookie uh, deal. And it's a long season. I will say this numerous times on Nothing But Bucks. It is a long season and a lot can happen. And let's say this. I'm going to say it one more time. Uh, The Buccaneers were being viewed by a lot of the national pundits and observers in the NFL as a team that was maybe going to win three games this year. Have a bad season, get off to a bad start, and everything goes down the tubes. I don't know anybody anywhere. In fact, I will even say there is no one anywhere that had the Buccaneers 2-0 with Ryan Fitzpatrick going into Monday Night Football. Before the season began and before you saw anything, there's no one anywhere that had the Bucs 2-0. So the fact that they're 2-1, when many looked at it and said you could be 0-3, consider this a positive. Because later on in the year, if you are battling for a playoff spot or battling for the division, these two wins are going to be large. You get to a seventh win in November or an eighth win in November or early December or a ninth win in late November, early December, and you have an opportunity to be a wild card team or win the NFC South, it's in large part because you won a couple of games at the beginning that most thought you weren't going to win either one of, and they all count. You're setting yourself up for the possibility of getting an 8th, ninth, 10th win by winning at the beginning. Huge. Huge. 
And if this team can go into Chicago prior to the bye week and find a way, summon the defense, summon special teams play, if it is a little Fitz Magic, if it is a little Jameis Winston, use those big play receivers, get the run game going, whatever you have to do. Put three guys on Khalil Mack, maybe uh, kidnap him, duct tape him to a goal pole. I don't know what you have to do to stop him. No one's been able to stop him. Did you see what he did in the second half of the game against the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday? Mack off the left defensive end has been a menace to everybody they have played so far this season. Bears could have easily been 3-0 and if they could have put the Packers game away. They beat the Seahawks senseless on Monday Night Football, come right back and, and rally and win in Arizona. This will not be an easy task. But if the Bucs can, can regroup on a shorter week for them and go beat the Bears and go into the bye week at 3-1, and one, take it. Take it, Buccaneer fans. Anyway, that'll do it for this edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Again, my thanks to Steve Carney from Buccaneers Radio for helping me with the highlights, with the interviews. Uh, Everybody, Jeff Ryan, everybody with Buccaneers Radio, Gene and Dave on the calls. Again, subscribe to this podcast, whether you found this through Buccaneers.com or the Buccaneers mobile app. Subscribe to us via iTunes and Google Play. Rate this podcast. Share it out on social media where more and more of you will find out about it. And if you're a Buck fan, we're here for you. After each and every game, you'll hear the highlights, you'll hear the interviews. I'll give you some insight, some analysis. Again, what a great night uh, with Tony Dungy being inducted into the Ring of Honor. Great to see Tony, his wife, Lauren. Uh, Dozens and dozens and dozens of his former players that were there to come back and honor him. Tony in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in the Buccaneers Ring of Honor. A pillar of this community. I say again, as great a football coach and an icon for having turned the Buccaneers around on the field, the Dungies are still very involved in our community with charitable giving and children's books and community service and things that they are doing. Uh, it was just neat to see them last night. Wish the Bucks could have pushed it across the finish line and come back to win in even more memorable fashion. It was valiant, but it was it was great to see the Dungies there as part of that. What a Monday night. And that'll do it for this edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. I'm TJ Reed. We'll come back after the Buccaneers game with the Chicago Bears coming at Soldier Field. Sunday, 1 o'clock is that kickoff coming up. Gene and Dave and I will have the call from Soldier Field. Can the Bucks get back on the winning track? Finish the first part of the season at 3-1. and one. We're going to find out. We thank you for being with us. Spread the word here about our little podcast, Nothing But Bucks.